0: Since the 1990s, a rigid definition of five Native American types has prevailed, A, B, C, D, and sometimes X. If any other haplogroup is detected, it must come from admixture. That's the thinking anyway. That individual does not have a Native American lineage and cannot claim to be Native American from his or her mitochondrial heritage in no way, shape, or form. I'm Pete Ferrand, and this is the Time Traveler's Suitcase. What you just heard was one of the fixed ideas of geneticists about who is and who is not an American Indian descendant. It's a position held by all the big box companies that leaves a lot of customers confused, disappointed, and even angry. In a moment, you'll discover why you should update your thinking on this. DNA Consultants has been exploring the genetics of the Cherokee people and other Native Americans for nearly 20 years. Its methods and expertise are not available at any other DNA testing service. Its founders themselves are genealogists with Native American, chiefly Cherokee ancestry. Donald Yates is a descendant of Black Fox, among other Cherokee chiefs. When he takes his own test, the Native American DNA Fingerprint Plus, the population called Enrolled Cherokee from North Carolina scores in the third strongest position. This edition of the Time Traveler's Suitcase is drawn from a chapter in Donald and Teresa Yates' most recent book, Cherokee DNA Studies 2, More Real People Who Proved the Geneticists Wrong. DNA Consultants is the sponsor of the Time Traveler Suitcase. It's a company that has been promoting the biological history of indigenous tribes and other ethnic populations since 2003. Its forensic science matches you to populations, not people or individuals. Currently, the database has more than 500 populations from all over the world, as well as 65 native groups in North, Central, and South America. DNA Consultants is known for finding what other companies can't, for its unique approach and its relentless focus on customer service. This free monthly podcast is just one of the resources on its webpage, alongside a catalog of tests, bookstore, blog, forum, newsroom, glossary, and population guide. Who Will Police the Policemen? Juvenal Roman Poet When I moved to the North and began my adult professional life, I used to tell new acquaintances I was part Indian. The invariable response was frequently, Funny, you don't look like an Indian. What do Indians look like? I would ask. In the same spirit, we are going to see in this chapter what Indian mitochondrial DNA looks like. Thanks to books like this one, and a profound transformation in the field of genetics, American Indian types are becoming recognized as very varied and extremely diverse. It's an exciting time for descendants to be alive and find the truth, especially about Cherokees and other southern Indians. Before turning to newly recognized Native American haplogroups, however, let us have a look at the distribution of haplogroups in our project versus in. Federally recognized Indian tribes. Official Native American haplogroups are distributed in the U.S. The range goes from a high in Eastern tribes like the Mohawk and Cherokee, where they represent more than 90% of all haplogroups reported, to Americans at large self identifying as white or Caucasian, where they account for only about 1% of haplogroups. These statistics leave out haplogroup. X. But if we equate haplogroup with heritage, in other words, as a sufficient reason to consider that individual has Native American ancestry and might be Native American, we can infer the following. Eastern North American Indians and tribes recognized by the U.S. or Canadian governments all belong in their maternal lineage to A, B, C, D, or sometimes X, and no other haplogroup, Like H, J, L, etc. Only Indians in federally recognized tribes are included in these genetic surveys. Any haplogroup not found to be A, B, C, D, and sometimes X is rejected by those drawing up the sample, e.g., H, J, L, etc. Only Indians in geographical locations where federally recognized tribes live are studied. Mexican-Americans have approximately the same percentage of these haplogroups and total Indian ancestry as Indians who live in federally recognized tribal locations. Other Hispanic people, Puerto Ricans, Nicaraguans, etc., have slightly less American-Indian admixture, though it is still the majority ancestry and is divided into the same haplogroup proportions. Whites composing the general population have almost no American Indian ancestry by this measure. Blacks have up to twice as much as whites, though it is still minimal. In the Cherokee Project of DNA Consultants, N equal 175, only 8.6% of the volunteers proved to have classic A through D Native American haplogroups, 13.7% if we include those who had X. In phase three of our Cherokee DNA project, 56 participants tested their mitochondrial haplotype and submitted a genealogy showing what they believe to be direct female Cherokee descent. This phase lasted from May of 2008 to June of 2018. It followed the same protocol as the previous two phases, the results for which were published 2014 in Cherokee DNA Studies Real People Who Proved the Geneticists Wrong by Donald and Teresa Yates. The present volume adds participant results from autosomal testing. Here we compare our so called anomalous Cherokees to white Americans at large and two similar populations in Tennessee and North Carolina, alongside a classic survey in American Indian genetic studies by Bolnick and Smith. 2003. Our Cherokee results are also compared to select haplogroup frequencies in Europe, Egypt, the Middle East, and East Mediterranean. When is a match a match? Do haplogroups correspond to different world regions? To ancient origins and migrations? Are they continent-specific? Is your mitochondrial haplogroup a good indication by itself of your ethnicity? these are all questions that must be asked in genetic genealogy on one hand l haplotypes are routinely categorized as sub-saharan african tj and k are universally viewed as originating in the middle east even though they later spread to europe where they have relatively low frequencies and h is usually considered as limited to european ancestry since it attains a preponderance of more than 50% in European and American genealogies. Even A, B, C, and D are not confined to Native Americans or their supposed Asiatic founder populations. On the other hand, X can point to Native American or Eurasian origins. In analyzing haplogroups and ethnicity, the authors of a recent study observe Mitochondrial haplogroup classification was highly concordant with self-identified race slash ethnicity, S-I-R-E, in non-Hispanic whites, 94.8%, but was considerably lower in admixed populations, including non-Hispanic blacks, 88.3%, Mexican-Americans, 81.8%, and other Hispanics, 61.6%, Suggesting S-I-R-E, Sire, does not accurately reflect maternal genetic ancestry, particularly in populations with greater proportions of admixture. The direct maternal lineage is, after all, only one line among many. Quite possibly it's not reflective of other haplogroups in the family tree. Still, it seems to have a very important value, and a uniparental DNA testing has fewer issues of validity and reliability than autosomal. In cases of H, L, and Native American types, at least, the mother's mitochondrial type is strongly correlated with physiognomy, physical traits, and societal classification. Other haplotypes, like T and J, remain utterly invisible until revealed by laboratory methods. On the other hand, we must not discount anomalies, people who, in the words of John Trudell, don't answer to their descriptions. They may be part of multi-generational repetitive patterns. Such an effect of persistent admixture is highlighted by Mitchell et al.'s figures for Mexican-Americans, who exhibit only 5.3% H, as opposed to 43.0% H, in non-Hispanic white Americans, while 81.8% of Mexican Americans carry classic ABCD haplogroups, which only 1.1% of whites have. Another sign of the close ties between haplogroup and identity occurs in African ancestry. In the Mitchell study, 98.3% of non-Hispanic blacks have an L haplogroup. Only 1% of non Hispanic whites do. Such an extreme shows how a mitochondrial haplogroup can define one to oneself and at the same time to society. Even if you are not a genetic determinist, haplogroups matter. Covertly or not, they influence how you think of yourself and how society regards you. In terms of DNA testing, if you have a non-native haplogroup, but identify with your native ancestry, you are liable to be conflicted. The biggest problem with haplogroups is labeling. Since the 1990s, a rigid definition of five Native American types has prevailed, A, B, C, D, and sometimes X. If any other haplogroup is detected, it must come from admixture. That's the thinking anyway. That individual does not have a Native American lineage and cannot claim to be Native American from his or her mitochondrial heritage in no way, shape, or form. In 2010, the genome of Mal-Taboy, a 24,000-year-old skeleton from Siberia, was sequenced. His position in the human family tree was determined to be a link between ancient northern Eurasians and present-day native americans but maltaboy's mitochondrial dna haplogroup u2 would not be considered native american today if it were found in say a cherokee or ojibwe full disclosure both authors have cherokee ancestry and haplogroup u sure set a precedent when he rejected h and t in the ojibwe h and j in the cherokee and H-types in the Maya as European admixture. All commercial DNA testing companies but DNA consultants still toe the line. The first thing we notice about the haplogroup division from the Cherokee Project is the varied distribution and high number of lineages represented. Even such rare haplogroups as W, V, and R occur. All world haplogroups, but East Asian and Australoid types like M are represented. Compared with reports from other Eastern tribes, Cherokee DNA is extremely diverse and highly complex. The additional other ingredients do not mirror the surrounding white population in their proportions. For instance, H is not the first or dominant haplogroup as it is in the U.S. white population. It occupies only the third rank, 16.6%, after U, 21.7, and T, 17.7. At the conclusion of the second phase, we wrote, As in phase one, a Middle Eastern type, haplogroup T, emerged as the most common lineage, 19.4% in phase two, 22.7% overall in the project, followed by H, U, and J, all Eurasian types. Sub-Saharan African haplogroup L, 9%, was prominent as a minor category. Old Europe haplogroups I, N, V, and W occurred in small amounts and should be considered strikingly new, unreported signals of authentic Cherokee ancestry. Phase 3 data augmented but did not much change the picture Of Cherokee diversity. The cumulative evidence now portrays the Cherokee people and their descendants as an unusual, very different ancient population originating from outside the southeast pre Columbian region. Whether the exotic strains of Cherokee genetics are due to recent, colonial, ancient, or primordial admixture has to be decided on a case by case basis. The Cherokee next to perhaps Puerto Ricans, are the most mixed people on earth. The Cherokee anomaly was predicted as early as the study unexpected patterns of mitochondrial DNA variation among Native Americans from the southeastern United States. In that paper, Deborah Balnik and David Smith of the University of California at Davis wrote, None of the Muscogean-speaking populations, however, appear particularly closely related to the Cherokee, a southeastern Iroquoian-speaking population. One branch in the haplogroup B network contains one Cherokee and one Chickasaw, but, as mentioned before, that branch may be the result of independent parallel mutations and not common ancestry. The other Cherokee haplotypes are all relatively distant from the other southeastern haplotypes. PCA results and FST comparisons also differentiate the Cherokee from the other southeastern populations. These results may suggest that the Cherokee did not originate in the southeast, which would be consistent with archaeological evidence supporting a recent migration of the Cherokee into the southeast from the Great Lakes region, or Cherokee oral traditions that suggest they came from the Ohio Valley. Genetic data from prehistoric Great Lakes and Ohio Valley populations, which are currently being analyzed, are needed to help resolve this question. The deep-seated multi-ethnic character of the Cherokee is clear from the haplogroup distribution in our study. If the diversity of European haplogroups were due only to recent admixture, as Sure Bolnick, Smith, Malhe, and others would have it, one would not expect such a result the frequency of H would hover around 50 percent, as it does in Europe. Middle Eastern and Old Europe types like T, J, K, X, and U would not be so prominent. The picture is similar for the central band of Cherokees in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and Lumbee Indians of North Carolina. Hunting Haplotypes While the branches on the human tree can point to broad ethnic connections, The twigs, haplotypes, are the most important evidence we must look at in combining genetics with genealogy. Note that the J2B1 haplotypes for 3.8 and one other participant exactly match. This is because they are sisters, Ava Fink and Julie Burton, who live respectively in Nebraska and South Dakota. If there is an exact congruence of nucleotide variants across the board like this, the two parties are either very close relatives like Fink and Burton, or female-linked relatives descending from the same female as much as 2 to 10,000 years ago. We are not interested in fuzzy matches, close but not exact matches that may be good for sales and social media engagement, but do not really cut it. Most companies and studies use consensus definitions for haplotypes, that is, approximate rather than exact and complete matches by mutation. Do you want to be descended from a real, concrete ancestor, or a theoretical and composite one? The difference was pointed out by Martin Richards and other leading lights in the field, but no one really knows how well the various companies followed that advice. Likewise. There is today no really clear unified notation system. The C-haplotypes in participants 2.66, 3.40, and 3.62 are not perfect matches, but one or two mutations off. At some point downstream from a common female ancestor who probably lived thousands of years ago, to judge by the mitochondrial clock, They added or lost a mutation or two compared to the original configuration, which can only be guessed at. They all seem to belong to a common C cluster at any rate. Is it Cherokee? Where did it come from before it was Cherokee? Haplogroup C is relatively uncommon in southwest Indians, where the individual known as 2.66 tested. Southwestern tribes' ancestral DNA shows C in 15% of all cases on record. In Mexican-Americans, it was the haplogroup for 20% of all persons, a bit higher. In one northern Mexico study, it accounted for 23% modern-day Indians. It is more prevalent in eastern tribes, reaching a frequency of 53% in one study of Oklahoma-Cherokee. It is most common in Algonquian, Suan, and Iroquoian populations. Oddly, it attains its highest frequency in Patagonian Indians of South America, hence Mapuche matches, showing it is one of the oldest and most widespread lineages in the Western Hemisphere. We've been listening to an analysis of the DNA of Cherokee descendants who tested their female-only, or mitochondrial DNA lines, that is, their mother's mother's lineage. These are the results for Phase 3 in the project called Cherokee DNA Studies and are included in the chapter called Revisiting Haplogroups in the book by Donald and Teresa Yates. You can find all of the Yates' books on audible.com, Amazon, and most booksellers worldwide, as well as the company's own bookstore, on its website at www.dnaconsultants.com. I hope you'll join us for another installment of the Time Traveler Suitcase soon. Direct your comments to the webpage. The Time Traveler's Suitcase is brought to you by DNA Consultants. Check out the webpage at dnaconsultants.com. The program is written by Donald Yates and Pete Ferrand, and I'm your host and producer, Pete Ferrand. Thanks for listening.